0: good morning how's everybody doing all right yeah it's monday weekend is over and for many of you like me the kids are home i know i know i know thankfully my wife's a teacher so she's home too but yeah the kids are home this week for a lot of us you have to figure out something to do to keep them occupied because they can't just Be in the living room wrestling with each other all day. Now can they? So we'll figure something out to do, but we're getting the week started here. Hockey was the big story early on as over the course of the weekend, 150,000-plus people showed up to watch a couple hockey games at MetLife Stadium, Devils against the Flyers, and then the Rangers Defeated the Islanders 6-5 to in overtime of a game. They were trailing three goals at 1.2 in the third period. It took a couple of bad penalties from the Islanders and a couple of power plays from the Rangers. And a couple of, you know, a ballsy move from the coach to pull the goalie to secure the victory for the Rangers. Who have now won seven in a row and are back on fire and looking a little bit more like that team that got off to that incredible start and less like the team that was kind of a five hundred team heading into the break, into the all star break, and they've come out on fire. I still have some concerns about them. I'm still concerned about goalie. I'm still concerned about Igor. I'm still concerned about their lack of scoring uh when not on the power play. Um still concerned about the depth of this team and, you know, obviously Chris Drew is gonna have to go out there and make some additions. But right now, they have reverted back to being that team that Never says die, continues to fight, and in front of 80,000 people at MetLife, which was quite the scene, which is really, you know, almost as much the story as the game, you know, just an incredible scene. Um, They've now played two hockey games at MetLife Stadium and only one playoff game, (laughs) one football playoff game. That's rough, but... An incredible day, an incredible night, uh, weekend for hockey specifically, you know, uh, New York tri-state area hockey. And, you you know, juxtapose that against what was going on with the NBA in a meaningless game and a terrible slam dunk contest and, you know, a couple of brief moments with the three-point contest and Steph Curry and Brittany and, uh, you know, all those... Uh, Brianna, excuse me. Um, all those different things, but ultimately... Hockey ruse the wins the day as an incredible, incredible scene. A lot of people I know were tailgating there, 80,000 people. For all the noise we talk about, the the hockey fan, right? And all the, oh, we don't get called, you know, we never talk hockey, no one likes Hockey Boomer. I saw him tweet that out too, and he's right. And let's be honest, when when hockey has that kind of atmosphere, which it did. This game absolutely did. When hockey has that playoff atmosphere, it's as good as anything sports has to offer. Right? I mean, if you're ranking, you know, the the, the NCAA tournament is one of the great sporting events of the year. Uh, just the tournament nature of it uh, is, you know, something that gets us all excited and is an incredible spectacle. The Super Bowl is a spectacle. Uh, I, I'm a baseball guy. I think playoff baseball is as good as it gets. But playoff hockey, in high-intensity hockey games, uh, especially hockey games that go down to the wire, and, and we only got 10 seconds of overtime. But, I mean, this is as good as it gets. That's as good, That's as good as it gets. And that was one hell of a performance against a rival and a rivalry that hasn't happened for 14 months. How is that possible that the Rangers and Islanders have not played since 2022? How is that possible? And yet there they were, giving us a great performance. The Devils beat the Flyers the night before, and 150,000 hockey fans took over MetLife Stadium. We've also talked about the Yankees not getting Snell. I don't buy any reports to the otherwise. I don't think they're monitoring anything. I don't think there's any chance they'd be willing to pay $70 million a year for Snell which is the report is they, you know, they're looking for something in the $35 million range for one year, or at least they'd consider that if Snell would have his asking price. They, they're at the point of the luxury tax where they pay double, and they are not giving up a pick, first of all, because he's got a qualifying offer attached to him. So he's they're going to have to give up a pick and $70 million to have Snell? I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. I'll scream it up and down. The Yankees are not getting Snell. And Pete Alonzo? As far as I'm concerned, he probably wants to hit free agency despite anything he'll tell you. I know his agent wants him to hit free agency. And quite honestly, I'm at the point, and I've been there for a while, I think the Mets should want him to hit free agency. Just put it behind you. Say you're not going to discuss things. I know he's open to discussions throughout the season. If I'm the Mets, I come out and go, oh, Nah. I think it's best. We don't want the distraction. We'll deal with it in the offseason. That's exactly what they should do. Because at this point, this close to free agency, what do you think he's taking? He's taking a monster deal. That's it. He's taking a monster deal. You know, you're going to save a couple bucks in free agency. I'm not worried about someone else stepping up and outbidding Steve Cohen for him. And I like incentivizing him. I want to give him that carrot to have a monster year. They're going to need it. They're going to need it. 877-337-6666. So a little bit of hockey camp opening. We're going to get to Patino in a second, but I want to get to your phone calls here as well. 877-337-6666. Uh, Jim in Hackettstown. What's up, Jim? Hey, good morning. Good morning, sir. What's going on? Oh,
2: I had a couple of two Mets points and two Yankees points real quick. So, obviously, Boris, you're correct. Boris is going to have Alonzo, uh, you know, reach free agency. I think the Mets will have to actually overpay. And if that happens, my suggestion to the Mets would be get rid of uh, Lindora as well and really rebuild. I if, don't understand. If you, loo- no, if you I, lose Alonzo in free agency?
0: Huh? You're saying if you lose Alonzo in free agency?
2: If you lose Alonzo in free agency. And I mean, unless you tell me, well, we, we signed Soto. But I think I would rather
0: have Alonzo myself. Then Juan so, Soto? Yeah. yeah, I mean, listen, that's a, I, I think the Mets should be on the market for both. I don't see there's no reason why they shouldn't. They're going to have some money coming off the books. Go out and get both. But that's a tough one. Uh, you know, Soto's the better overall player. But Alonzo... Does hit home runs. Alonzo is a homegrown Met. I, I mean, Soto's the better baseball I don't player. But why,
2: why Alonzo's become the whipping boy on, on the station? I mean, exactly. You know, he, he. I think since he's entered the league, he's like top four in home run. And he might be more than. that. No, I think he's to number be, Since so. he's
0: entered the league, I don't know if anyone's hit more home runs than him.
2: Home runs and RBI.
0: He's yeah. in the top three.
2: Yeah, I guarantee you, uh, RBIs. Three.
0: I don't think he's one, so, but home runs he is. Yeah, it
2: does exactly what you're paying for. He no plays doubt. Every day, no doubt. You know, and I mean, he's not a, he's got a Gold Glove first baseman, but he's not bad. I
0: completely he's, agree. I
2: think he's better. I think he's better than average.
0: Uh, yeah, he's right around average, maybe a little bit better. It's fine. He's not going to uh, hurt you then, playing defense at first base. He's not going to cost you.
2: Yeah, and then going to the Yankees, so. I am I'm am But let's it. just
0: tie the I'm bow on that. I just want to be clear on this cuz I, I don't know who th- where you think he's the whipping boy necessarily. I want to I want him to stay with the Mets for the rest of his career. I just don't think you have to do it now. I think you do it in the offseason. But I de- but I desperately a, want him. I desperately want him to be on the Mets.
2: Well, I've heard of quite a few uh uh hosts on the station and it sounds like they want to get rid of where Yeah, well, whatever cases. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we'll find out if uh, you know, the Mets want to, You know, I mean, I think that, like I said, I think they're going to have to overspend because I don't think they're they're not going to be uh, ready to win anytime soon. So let's see the Yankees real quick. I've been one that wants Snell. F- now. now, where are you getting this seventy million dollars a year? We uh, get that number
0: because right now at the tax the the tax threshold they're at. It's uh, every dollar is another dollar. They have to pay double in tax, so Snell wouldn't get seventy million. They would pay thirty five. The rumor is, or the thought was, from Bob Nightingale, that the Yankees would be interested if Snell would be willing to drop it to a short term deal somewhere in the thirty five million dollar a year range. So if they pay him thirty five million dollars a year this year, it's thirty five to him, thirty five to Major League Baseball, seventy million.
2: Okay, so listen, the Yankees can be creative, just like the Dodgers were, right? Hmm. And- yeah, okay. Not on and a one. Not
0: a- on a short-term deal. You can't. No, you need the ten-year deal. Like they, they, they can't. Like the overall, the reason why the money on the Otani on the um, Otani contract only comes out to forty-six against the cap uh, for this the, this coming year is because of how long it's dragged out. Like I don't think you can do that on a one-year contract. So I, yeah, I mean, well, you
2: already made an offer to him. They want to sign him for more than one year. no yeah, but that
0: that was before Stroman was signed. They are no now that I don't think they're willing to give him five years, one hundred fifty dollars, one hundred fifty well, million then, anymore.
2: Then, 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 in my opinion, the Yankees really aren't interested really in winning that much. I mean, um, you know, Steinbrenner, uh, Hal Steinbrenner? He wants to make money. You know, he wants to. Well, every to business businessman to wants to
0: make money. He just they just traded for Juan Soto. They added Verdugo. They they paid one hundred fifty on. <laughs> million dollars. They paid one hundred fifty <laughs> million last year. Know, how much Verdugo money did they spend? Was good. Last year how much money did they spend? They spent 360 million dollars on Judge. They spent 160 million dollars on 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 um, uh, Carlos Rodan. Like what do you mean he doesn't want to win? It's not that they don't spend enough money. It's one of my big uh, pet peeves is
2: uh um, Cashman does not spend money wisely. That's fine, but that's well, different I mean, than wanting to win. You case, can you can make mistakes
0: case, in the effort of trying to win.
2: In any case,
0: yeah. This,
2: they need they need more pitching. I mean, um, they need more pitching. You know, uh, Cole—he's got to opt out. I'm not sure what year he has. To he's opt not,
0: out. It's this year. He's not going to opt out, though. I mean, there's, okay, there's well, no there's no fear of it because the Yankees have a okay. mechanism in the if they offer him if they extend his contract one more year at the same number that he's getting yearly now the opt out becomes n- n- null and void. So even if he opts out, take- the Yankees can stop him from opting out.
2: Would you agree with me that you got to take advantage? Of him 100% at a very high level, you have got to take advantage of Judge before he breaks down.
0: yeah hundred percent the
2: decisions that made. Why would you put Judge in center field? That is an awful decision. Well, that it's, it's only hard it's
0: hard. only until what's a, he played a bunch of games the year he hit sixty-two home runs in center field. The yeah, year he didn't
2: play the whole he didn't play the whole season there.
0: And he played a lot. You want to go see how many games how many he played? Games well, I mean, listen, plus. he's not going to play the whole season either. They're expecting. They're they're hoping that now it sounds like uh, the Martian Jason Dominguez is going to be back before the All Star break. So you're going to be talking about half a season plus days off. Uh, you know, it's not it's not. But I mean, I'm not that concerned about it. The guy, it's the every time he's got hurt, it's, he's been hurt running into walls. He's he's gotten hurt in right field. It's not he doesn't have soft tissue damage. Listen, you know, pulling hamstrings running.
2: The, the Dodger incident was a freak incident, right? Well, That's I mean, what I'm saying. Personally, they should have sued the hell out of the Dodgers. I don't. I guess you can't do that. But I mean, it's awful that that they would have, you know, that type of uh, issue where where a player could get hurt like that. In, in twenty
0: know? in twenty twenty two, Judge played seventy eight games in center field, more than in, more than right field. He played five more games in center than he that's played half, in right. Well, that's half a season. Well, that that's yeah. And that's and, what and, a that's, season. and that, they're not going to play him a whole season this year in center field. When when Jason Dominguez comes back, he's the starting center fielder. Listen, he's a big. He's a, he's a, he. You tell a, me to you know, listen a lot, but I feel like you you're not listening. You're going right past all my things that counteract your arguments.
2: Because I guarantee you know that he's an outlier. First of all, with his size and everything else. Uh huh. He's not. You know, he's he's not built for center field. He Why not? Like he he can.
0: He's an excellent center fielder. He's a tremendous center fielder. Do you ever excellent see him play field. center fielder? Did you ever seen him he play must, center
2: field? Exactly I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not. So then, what's the problem?
0: It's too much wear and tear on the guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not that worried about it for half a year. He did it. He did it in the year he hit 62 home runs. I'm not that worried about it. I agree with you. Long term, you don't want him in center field for half a season until Jason Dominguez comes back because you went out and got a left-handed hitter in Verdugo who can't play center, and certainly Soto can't play center. I'm not saying it's the long-term spot for him. It's for half a year, and when he get and don't tell me he'll get hurt out there. He's been hurt in right field. The multiple times he's been hurt, and you're right. It's a freak thing. He's just as likely to run into a wall in right as he is in center. In fact, two because there'll be a sidewall. He's more likely to run into a wall in right field. He broke a rib diving for a ball in right field. That can happen in center or right field. It's not, if, if he were Stanton, where he constantly was pulling hamstrings and calf muscles, and you're like, geez, I don't want this guy tracking all these balls. I don't want him running all over the place. That'd be a different story if he constantly had soft t- tissue damage injuries. He doesn't. He has broken bones and torn and bruised ligaments and broken ribs and hit by a pitch and a broken wrist. The only one was the oblique, and he did that swinging. He's had no issue running. None. And again, it's not for the rest of his career. It's for half a season until Jason Dominguez comes back. And the news on him has been uber positive. It sounds like he's going to be back a lot earlier than first expected. And Judge is a tremendous defensive center fielder. It's, it's really not an issue for me. Starting the year with him in center field is not an issue for me. And I'm sorry. there's an You can't come on and make two different arguments and then make it sound like they're the same. You came on and you said the Yankees aren't interested in winning. Then when I shot down how much money, go, it's not about the money. It's cash and doesn't spend it wisely. That's a different argument. They have been unsuccessful as they went about winning. They have made bad mistakes in the effort to go win. It's not the same argument. Don't tell me they don't care about winning and then point to mistakes. Everyone who's ever lost then didn't care about winning. Everyone who signed a bad contract, anyone who made a bad trade, they didn't care about winning. The Yankees care about winning. It's not I hate this narrative. I really do it. bothers the hell out of me. Do they want to make money? Yeah, they're in business. Of course, the Yankees want to make money. Do they have a budget? Yeah, where maybe his father would have went further. he doesn't go. fine, but don't I mean he won't winning isn't breathing. doesn't mean he doesn't want to win. You think the Texas Ranger owner you think the reason they won the World Series is because he can't live without winning? Do you think the Astros have been the best organization in the sport for the last decade because that that Houston Astro owner, he went, oh, it's winning or everybody gets fired. It's winning is life. The two don't necessarily correlate. The Yankees want to win. The Yankees' business model is to win. They traded for Juan Soto. They brought in Verdugo. They brought in Marcus Stroman. They were willing to sign Blake Snell to a five-year, $150 million contract. He told them no. They signed a $150 million contract to a pitcher last year, as well as Judge to a $360 million contract, as well as Cole to a $324 million contract. And they're going to try and re-sign Juan Soto to a $500 million contract. So let's just, I'm just—I'm slightly underwhelmed in the offseason, too. Stroman, I would have liked to have added a better pitcher than Stroman. He's solid. I wanted second ace-like. They didn't get it. I'm slightly disappointed. It's not as all-in as I hoped it would be, but they had as good an offseason as any team this side of the Dodgers in Major League Baseball. Now we'll see. Maybe everyone will sign the remaining free agents, and they'll be the third-best team. But as of right now, before Snell goes anywhere, before Montgomery goes anywhere, before Bellinger goes anywhere, the Dodgers had an incredible offseason, and the Yankees had a damn good one. That's it. So, like, you know, there's a there's a level of of things I'll say about them. Should have been should have done more. Not quite all in. Not interested in winning because they traded for Juan Soto. That's not interested in winning. They didn't have to do that. You know, there's no rule. There's other ways to sell chicken buckets. But you know, they don't care about winning. Meanwhile, you, you seem like a Mets fan. You started with the Mets. Talking about not caring about winning this year. They don't, they don't, they don't care about winning this year. They care, they're in a long-term plan without care of this year. And that's fine if that's what you're into. If that's the type of thing you're into. Then that's fine. And I get the plan. And, I, and I'll even tell you, I think that I trust Stearns to execute it. I just hate not caring about this year. I hate it. When you have an owner, the like they have an owner, you I hate not caring about this year, not doing the bare minimum, not making sure you have a legitimate. I mean, you know, Choi he's going to play when they play the Yankees. I'll tell you that he's going to face he's going to face Cole. He owns him, and he's a nice little piece. And man, you should see the splits he could do at first base. But that's not a legitimate, you know, big time bat in the middle of your lineup to help with things. That's a that's an in case. Vientos or Beatty stink. I have somebody. That's not how I would go about things if I were the Mets. It's not how I would go about things. But, hey, look at all these prospects. Jet is going to kill it. You know it. Acuna is going to be a monster. But, you know, just not this year. And we'll, you know, sit out this one. But wait, wait for next year. We're getting Soto and... And we're getting Pete. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> so if you haven't heard, the first year of Rick uh, Rick Pattino's tenure at St. John's has been, well, it's been disappointing. Um, there has been a lot of second half, much like the Islanders, which we spent a lot of time on. They've blown a lot of games with, with first-half leads. Uh, they had a first-half lead against uh, UConn, the best team in the country. They've had first-half leads uh, against, or halftime lead, should I say, against a lot of teams, and they have fallen flat on their face, including last night with a 12-point lead against Seton Hall uh, at the half and end up losing 68-62 and blew it within the first few minutes. Of the second half, they are now fourteen and twelve, and overall and six and nine in the conference. And Rick Pitino is finding everybody to blame but himself. I, I can't, I can't believe the comments that are being made by Rick Pitino after this. Let me, let me preface it by this: I don't think as much as we all had expectations. I mean, the cliche thing to say is Rick Pitino gets hired at St. John's, and he does some talk, and he talks about we're going to upgrade the facility, we're going to do this, we're gonna do that, we're going to do this. And let's be honest. I mean, we all expected. All right, it's going to be. He's Rick Pitino. He wins everywhere he goes. St. John's is going to be a beast eventually. St. John's is going to be in the tournament. Certainly, St. John's is going to be playing in Elite Eight games. St. John's, St. John's, St. John's. St. John's we all had that uh, uh, envision, but I, I don't think anyone expected it to happen instantly. And I only say that to say some of the excuse making and flat out attacking his players. To the level of which I don't know if I've ever heard a coach single out and talk about players the way Rick did in the post game after Seton Hall. Like, I don't think anybody. If he just laid low and just said, "Yeah, listen, we struggle at this, we struggle at that," we're, you know, we're really we're having a tough time with this. Like I don't think anybody would be at the gate ready to take out Patino. I think everyone would understand. All right, disappointing first year. We expected better, maybe. I don't know how much better. I don't think anybody thought right away, maybe maybe a bubble team or something. I don't know, but I don't think anyone expected any miracles within a year. But for whatever reason, he feels the need to justify this embarrassing season he's having by embarrassing comments about his players, singling out players, talking about recruitment, talking about the idea. I couldn't evaluate their toughness, to be honest with you. I didn't have time to evaluate their toughness. Altogether, this is a different environment. Uh, you could build toughness, but this different times, uh, you're changing your team almost every year. Um, and then that's that's the timid one. I'm just reading the first couple that, the, that I'm reading from the, the guy who put out a couple. But we lost this season with the way we recruited. We recruited the antithesis of the way I coach with speed, toughness. He calls out players by name. Look, Joel, as in Joel Soriano, their center and and I, th- uh, you know, a good player. Joel's slow laterally; he's not fast on the court. You know, Ly- uh, you know, Ledman is slow. You know, Conway slow, Brady slow. Not physically gifted. They try their best. Like he's literally calling out this team like I've never heard. Coaches call out. He's pretty much saying, "I, we, we recruited poorly. These kids aren't very good. They're not tough. They're not fast. They're the reason we're losing." It is, it is unbelievable how he is throwing these kids under the bus. They came to play for you. You're the coach, and this goes beyond any sort of this. And listening to, and we respect people who want to be honest. Right, we we coaches don't say enough, players don't say enough, but there's a level of honesty that goes beyond anything that is reasonable in helping your team, which is ultimately the goal. Not to defend your ass, not to give excuses why a Hall of Fame coach has come up miserable in the first year of his new tenure, and he brings up the facilities again and how crappy they are. He talks about it being the most miserable experience in his career, I mean, it's outrageous what he said. I cannot believe, when I first read them, I wasn't sure they were real. You know, I, today there was like a Boone quote going around about, you know, 27 rings, shut up, you could be an A's fan. And like a bunch of people were tweeting it at me. Like, I knew that wasn't real. I thought today was just like make quote day. And somebody was having fun with Patino now. I mean... This goes beyond attempting to motivate your team. You're telling them they're awful in the postgame. Every single one of them aren't good enough to play for you. And what do you think in this world? I know the the NIL has changed things, but what kind of recruit would now want to come? It's been a long time since Rick Pitino was in the Final Four. What kind of recruit wants to come, for a, a, a come play for a coach who, if they get off to a shaky start, he's going to go in the press conference and say they all stink. Fleeks, we have a couple of these comments Let me? Let me just hear. I know I, I paraphrased some of them as I went along there, but I do want to hear a couple of these quotes. Fleeks, you got a couple of these quotes?
2: Well, lateral quickness and our toughness is just something I've never witnessed in all my years of coaching.
0: I've never witnessed in all my years of coaching the lack of lateral speed that this team has. In all my years of coaching. I have never seen a slower team laterally in my life. I mean, what do you expect me to do out here? What else we got? No, I think they're unathletic. I don't think they
2: move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. Um, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally.
0: I mean, yeah, bless his heart. I mean, good lord! I mean, if he was just, it's, he's like every one of his team is Rudy. He's got a bunch of Rudies on his team, man. If if only your heart was in a good athlete's body, we'd be somewhere. This is your team, coach. And this is what I what I if he just would have. I don't think anybody would be on this guy right now. St. John's has been terrible for forever, for forever. I mean, you got to go back, let's be honest, I mean, maybe a couple pop-up years, you got to go back to Chris Mullen, like, it's been bad forever. If he struggled year one, I don't think, I don't think anybody would be like, oh my God, Patino's really screwed the pooch in, uh, in, 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 uh, before St. John's, like, I don't think they would. I wouldn't. And he comes out with these comments, God bless his heart, but he sucks. Anything else? Any other brain uh, busters? I think
2: I've enjoyed, even even the Celtics when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching.
0: Uh, he is Nick Nolte in blue chips. If you get the reference, he is, uh, this is the most miserable he's ever been. He full out tells you they try. He full out tells you they're willing. It's effort, but it's just the effort's there, but the skill's not there. So watching these bunch of bums, who's the worst team I've ever coached, who has as slow laterally as any team I've ever seen in the history of basketball since I started coaching, they've made this thing. I can't tell you the last time I had less fun doing this, watching these bunch of stiffs go out there and and be as slow as can be down the stretching games. And have no toughness. I mean, what the hell is he doing? Honestly, what is he doing? I have no, he is Nick Nolte in, in Blue Chips. Where he's the, the once great coach that's fallen apart on him. He doesn't know what to do with himself. He's angry. He's throwing chairs. He goes to his ex-wife's house to watch film. Like, you ever see Blue Chips. And then before you know it, he's handing d- duffel bags over to Shaquille O'Neal. But you don't have to do Now the NIL, life's a different world. But man, oh man, I cannot believe. Just say, say we got beat. We got out tough. That's enough. You don't have to go through the whole team and talk about how they're slow. And how, I don't, does this, be, who, who does this benefit in any way? Who does this benefit in any way? Does it benefit the current team? Do you think they're gonna like suddenly go? Oh, you know what? I'm gonna show this guy. He thinks I'm slow. First, you know, I, I'm gonna be laterally quick. You think? Here's laterally quick. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, we've heard. I I get. You know, we've heard coaches. You know, talk about their team. I can't remember this specific, you know, the specificity of what he's saying and who he's calling out. and I mean, those back-to-back ones right there, they give effort. They just, I don't think they're going to pick it up in a week. They're just slow. I think they're non-athletic. They play the exact opposite brand of basketball that I like to coach with speed, tenacity, and toughness. They don't have those qualities. But they, I mean, they try their damnedest and honestly it's the most miserable i've ever been <laughs> you got to respect his honesty i suppose i i am i'm i was blown away by those comments blown away <laughs> they're unathletic and i'm miserable <laughs> And we recruited terribly, and then there was one where I, I don't know if we have the cut, and I'm paraphrasing again. But I, when I first got with them in the summer, I knew this was going to be a, a, a miracle. This was going to be a miracle to be 500. It's like Shades of the Jets. I, Zach Wilson's quarterback in the, the St. John's. It would be a miracle to get to eight wins. be a miracle to get to 500. We're going to have to – how do you have – who can come back and play on this team? And who would you want to come back and play on this team, apparently? And then who would want to go play for him from here on out? Like, don't you think this hurts recruiting? Like, who wants to think in the eye? Well, listen, geez. If I, I, you know, if I get taken off the dribble, he's going to say I'm laterally slow and he can't stand me. Why would I want to go there? To go play St. John's with their crappy facilities? As he puts it. So wait a second. Big recruiting chip. This is what he's saying. My team stinks. So I'm probably going to need a new team. So for all those who are listening, I'm going to take you down. If you don't play the way I want you to play, if I don't see the tenacity and the speed I like, I'm probably going to call you out post game and come play for me in our crappy facilities. Thanks, coach. You just did wonders for recruiting next year. Man, oh, man, I, I could not believe it. 877 337 Let's take Paul in Rochester. What's up, Paul?
3: Chris, uh, first time. Uh, been listening to you lately. Really enjoy your show. Oh, and, thank uh, you. To, I really do. Um, went to St. John's. I'm from the island. Um, Long-time fan. Uh, I, like you, am shocked. I... Uh, Rick Patino obviously is not a uh, stupid man and he's a, no. a, he's a great coach. I yeah. don't understand the end game here. I don't understand no. what he's trying to accomplish by those comments.
0: I don't understand it either. Like, I, And again, I preface all this with I don't think anyone was, was ready to just like, I'm sure there are diehard John, St. John fans or boosters or whomever close to the program who might have been disappointed in this year. I'm not saying that there isn't a handful or many people who, who thought it would be better than this, but I don't think anybody expected a miracle year one. Like, the idea, he could have just quietly went about having a, a, a little bit of a down year, worse than expected, you know, be around 500 or worse and, and not really compete and be out in the first round of the, of the Big East tournament and go about his way and say, hey, next year will be better. And I think everyone would have said, hey, it's Rick Pitino, it takes a little bit of time, it's going to be fine. So, like, I don't understand the, the amount of of you know excuse making and yeah. and knocking your players i mean i just don't understand it and i get there's honesty i get it and he's kind of been honest since he took this job like he's talked about you know the the difficulty of the program and the money they need to put into this and the money they need to put into that and like different things and and some struggles and and different players and the the like he was very he was very honest about the the strength of the players who were here the year before, and and the quality of players, like he's been willing to to do that. But like uh, after a rough loss to Seton Hall, to just go scorched earth on his own team and call guys out yeah. like specifically, and just no, no, no. I think they're unathletic. Like uh, what he still had, he still has five games though. He still has
3: a Big East tournament. Yeah, he still has an NIT bid. There were things to look and build and uh, for the program and to uh, audition or to advertise. I don't understand why at this time, if you wanted to wait to the end of the season when it was over, maybe even then it wouldn't have been appropriate as far as I'm concerned, but you still got season to play. I, again, I, I'm a shocked and uh, I just don't, I don't, Man, I don't no, understand. And, the
0: and, and there's, listen, there's, we get on right. We get on Coach Sala. We get on different coaches who don't ever criticize their players or don't, you know, I, I don't know, get on their players or hold their players accountable. I mean, to me, and especially for for college kids, I don't know. This goes beyond that. Now, is this some? Is could you argue this is a motivating tactic? I, I can't imagine it is. I think this is just him. And just saying this is what it is. This is what it is. You want to know why we lost? Because I didn't recruit a very good team. And my, my assistant coaches and my recruiters, we did not recruit a very good team. And I knew it early on. I saw this coming. They're not athletic. They're not tough. They're not gritty. They're pretty much nothing like the teams I normally coach. And I've never been unhappier in my life. <laughs> Jeez, like, is everything okay, Rick? I mean, tell us how you really feel. I am baffled by the comments. Now, look, I um, I think St. John's took a chance on him. I think St. John's believes in him. Why not? He's Rick Pitino. So, I, I mean, I don't know what happens here. I'm just saying I don't know if he helped himself. I don't know if he's doing himself any favors just straight up in recruiting. Forget the idea of public perception. Forget the idea of how St. John's is going to feel about this. Forget everything else. If his intention, and 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 almost like I'm, now I'm questioning if that's his intention. Like, if if his intention is to build the program and to make st john's you know and and take st john's back to its former glory if that's his plan i don't think he's doing himself any favors i i don't know how you spin this as anything other than i'll i'll publicly shame my players i'll take any i'll blame anyone and put responsibility anywhere but on me and, you know, I'll blame the facility, I'll blame everything, my team's unathletic, and hey, I had a miserable year, they don't play the way I, I normally play. I mean, they give me effort, but that's not enough, it's not good enough for you, it's not good enough for me, it's not good enough for anyone. The great Nick Nolte. 877 337 that's just a weird, It's a weird situation, man. I mean, what you thought was going to be a great hire, and yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit of a slow build. I don't think anybody expected them in the Final Four this year, but all right, it's been slightly disappointing. Or maybe even more than slightly. They've had a lot of leads. They've blown them. They were obviously up 12 points in the first half in this game and immediately blew it, but and scored four points through the first like eight or ten minutes of the second half. Like, it's crazy. But I don't know if it warranted just scorched earth on your own team. Weird guy, Ace. Weird guy. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. On. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, four fifty two, another few minutes till five o'clock the warm up show comes your way, but I got you till then. A seven seven three three seven sixty-six sixty-six. We just got into the Patino story and some of the comments he made after another disappointing loss uh to uh Seaton Hall this time, sixty-eight sixty two, after having, I believe, what was at one point a nineteen point lead, was a twelve point halftime lead, blew it uh relatively quickly and got blown out, of, you know, 68-62. It doesn't seem that bad, but considering where it was. Um, and it's just been a rough season. And I guess it all culminated in the frustration got to Rick, and he took down his team with some interesting comments. 877 337 Kevin and Beth Page, what's up, Kev?
1: Hey, good morning, guys. How are you?
0: Good morning. How are you,
1: buddy? All right. Uh, I come from that uh, St. Dominic uh, long list of great coaches from – Tino, to, you know, to Ralph Willard, to my best friend in the world, Jimmy Christian. Um, anyway, okay. um, everybody, every different co- every coach out there has their own style. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look at what Sanders did when he took over at uh, Auburn. Right. All right. He might not have bashed his players, but he told them he's cutting 90% of them.
0: No, okay, I, so, yeah, I I understand that. That's that's before it's his team, and and I'm uh, you know I'm pretty much Rick did the same thing, and nobody batted an eye when he took over, and right. pretty much talked about he was going to make a ton of changes.
1: Right, and I'm telling, I've been telling everybody, give the guy three years, and he'll have them in
0: the final four. See, but here's the here's the, here's here's my point, Kev. I don't think anybody yeah. would have disagreed with you. Like, I don't think any, I, I don't think you had to go out and sell that door-to-door and, you know, have everybody, you know, turn you down. I think most people would have, like, maybe some would have gotten, I don't know, that's a bit of a stretch, but a lot of people would be like, I wouldn't be surprised, Patino's a great coach. That's why I don't, under, no one would, he wasn't under the gun here. There was no, I don't know what he's dealing with. I, 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 I'll I be fair, I don't know exactly what he's dealing with, but as far as I'm concerned and what's the perception well, is i don't think there was any sort of real all right maybe you would have thought he been been closer to a tournament team maybe you thought at least they'd be a bubble shot and and now they're pretty much at the point where they have to run the table at the tournament at the east, at the big east tournament but like i don't think my, I, I don't think everyone was going to be clamoring for his job this year
1: no may i interject yeah of course okay um nobody knows who that you know he puts his pants on one leg at a time just like you and i Nobody knows what's going on in his personal life, nor do I. Okay, no. so I'm sorry.
0: But, no, of course not. But I mean, listen, I can't. So I, I mean, if we just if we say that every time we disagree with someone or someone says something or does something, and we just go, well, I don't know about his personal life. I mean, it's hard for me to do what we do here and, and critique and, and look and analyze things. Uh, you don't think he went a little? More than most people would in, in singling out and criticizing players and calling them unathletic well, and saying that they're, have to be, they're slow unilaterally and that I, I don't I yeah, don't I mean, agree with that. But this is the
1: first time I'm hearing it, only because yeah. I just lost my dad recently and we buried him Monday. And I'm sorry. To yesterday hear that. we had. That's thank thanks very much. The greatest man I ever knew, but. Ninety-four years old. Oh, yeah, God bless. God bless. I lost mine at forty-nine.
0: So, God bless. They had A- that A- not, that many years, but still, my the the point doesn't okay. change. Though you just heard the comments now. If you want to talk about yeah. that, like he's he's singling out players and calling them unathletic. He's saying this is the most miserable year he's ever had. He's saying the guys give their hearts out, but they just you know they they're unathletic. They they don't they they play the antithesis of how I like to coach: smart, tough, fast teams. Like I mean, he's killing his team. He's killing the players. He's killing the recruiting. There's always
1: a method. There's always a method to the madness. I don't know what it is. Well,
0: yeah. If he runs the table, I wouldn't be surprised. No. Well, I mean, I'd be surprised at that, Kev. If he runs the table, then yes. If he runs the table and they and they from this point on they become one of the hotter teams in college basketball and he runs the team, uh, runs the table and wins the uh, the Big East tournament, yes. Then we're all, Then I'll be sitting here going, you know what? That son of a gun, Rick Pitino, knows exactly what he's doing. But I, I, I'd be shocked if that's the case. And honestly, like, I just, you know, you don't know what's going on in his personal life. Yeah, no, none of us do. This isn't just had a bad day. He gets up and walks out. Fine. He looked calm, cool, and collected. Had no problem telling you his team sucks. And that they're unathletic. And that they can't play. And that they're not good enough for, it to, to coach him, for him to be coaching them. And that he's miserable. As miserable as he's ever been. He's never seen a slower team in his career. Which is an extremely long and fruitful one. No doubt. But, I mean, geez, he's never seen a slower team. Everyone's slow laterally. Everyone. They're unathletic. No, no, I think they're unathletic. I would love to have heard the question necessarily asked. That no, 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 like oh no, no, it's not scheme. Like what was the question? Like do you think that uh, there's something you could be doing? Do you think there's a an issue on uh, you know with the scheme right now or the you know defensively can, are, sh- should you play more man to man or oh, no, 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 no. I just think they're unathletic. In fact, they suck. So no, it's not about scheme. It's not about anything. It's uh, the team. Uh, the only time he shows any sort of of self-awareness or any sort of self-blame at all is when asked if he regrets taking the St. John's job. He's asked if he regrets taking the St. John's, uh, the job. And he pretty much says, no, this has nothing to do with St. John's. This is the team. This is my team. We suck. Like, it's not, this could have happened at Missouri. This could have happened anywhere. I think his quote was, this could be Missouri. This could be anywhere. It's not St. John's. It's we suck. But ultimately, I mean, you know, I didn't really have a good chance to scout them, and I can't scout toughness. I didn't have that. I didn't have that time frame here. I, I took the job quickly. I didn't really get a chance to scout toughness, and God knows we missed on that because if these kids are anything, it's not tough. I'll tell you that right now. They are slow, and they are without tough. Those those two things I know. Tough and speed elude them so much so that I can't coach them. And while I've watched this slow and non-tough team, I've been miserable. I mean, I can't tell you how disgusted I am by the whole thing. A long way from those 95 Wildcats that I love so much. Long ways away. But no, to the last post, I would not be surprised if within a year or two, they're playing in the Elite Eight. I always felt that way. That's why these comments are so bizarre to me. Who's, Who's beating down the the patino door right now to get him fired i don't know because he's reacting like someone who's trying to defend himself all right that's it for me thank you guys for calling thank you for listening Fliegerman, thank you for your help as always i'll catch you tomorrow at midnight for a five hour midnight ride right here on the fan the warm-up show is next jerry and al will take you the rest of the way have a great Monday and start your week off right let's go
2: Radio 1019